In this segment, we like to interview innovative primary care and or health tech individuals to learn about them and their projects, how they may affect our patients, peers or profession, and understand their journey to help others with similar goals. Welcome to the EGP Learning interview. In this episode of the EGP Learning Pod Blast, we talk to John Brassy of Trip Database, a useful website that searches for evidence-based medicine, presents it in a way that can be easily used and evaluated. It's free for NHS users by contacting John on signing up at john.brassy at tripdatabase.com with the email that you use to sign up on. In this episode, we talk about what Trip Database is and how to use it, about tech innovation, fail ventures that may need resurrecting, hashtag bring back tilt, and how AI machine learning is changing medical evidence-based medicine. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Podbean, or on YouTube, searching for EGP Learning Podblast. And check the show notes for a certificate of engagement for your appraisal portfolio. Subscribe, comment, share, and keep EGP learning. Hi, everybody. Today I'm joined by John Brassy, who's a founder of a really interesting piece of um, online kit called Trip Database. Um, are you there, John? Yep, I am. Loud, I can hear you loud and clear. Great. How are we doing today? Very well. I feel slightly nervous. I feel I'm being interviewed, but uh, I'm sure that'll be fine. <laughs> well, I try and describe this as a, a, a confident little chat and stuff. So hopefully um, you'll enjoy it and hopefully our listeners will be able to um, learn something new about what I feel and have always felt to be a really excellent resource for primary care clinicians. Um, I've been a big advocate of Trip Database and, and recommending it on my own website, EGP Learning, for several years because of, of the, the way that I found it really helpful in terms of finding information. But I think rather than me describing it, I think it'd probably be better to hear from you, you know, what exactly is Trip Database and kind of how does it work? Well, the easiest way to think of it is uh, it's a clinical search engine. It's aimed at busy health professionals mm-hmm. and primarily to help them find trustworthy answers to their clinical questions with a minimum, minimum of effort. You know, in many ways, I like to think of it as being like Google, but with a focus on quality, not quantity. Google wants to get the whole web in its index and we just want to get good stuff. Okay. Uh, and again, we try to have it as simple to use as Google. Just type in your keywords, press uh, search, and you get a load of results. Hopefully, uh, good quality ones to uh, answer your questions. Yeah, and I guess one of the things that I quite like about the way is that it seems to rank the quality of the evidence as well, which is obviously quite an important thing given the fact that as clinicians we're obviously meant to offer you know, informed choice and evidence-based medicine as, as well, particularly in, in the UK there's a clear focus on that. You mentioned Google as an alternate search engine. Uh, I mean, one of the other ones that I know I used to use as a medical student was PubMed, um, which I guess to some people, you know, the, the comparisons between PubMed and uh, Trip Database is... is sometimes difficult to understand i mean how how would you compare the two uh again i think it's our focus is on quality you know we are embedded in in the ebm world and we give a greater weight into high quality results with medline they return results by date order Mm -hmm. and there's no quality measure also pubmed's got nearly 30 million articles in there uh, most of which are will be of, of limited quality mm-hmm. and it's not very easy to use. And I've, I've spoken, I work very closely with lots of GPs and they struggle to use it. And so 
you know, it has, don't get me wrong, PubMed is a very valuable tool. Uh, I use it most days, but it, it's, 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 it's difficult to get the right answers really quickly with PubMed. And, so, and it's, that's not its focus, whereas TRIP's focus is answering clinical questions. It's where we come from and it's where, our, our, you know, where most of our efforts are, are, are focused. Okay. And you mentioned about, obviously, the, the emphasis on quality of the evidence. I mean, how, how does TRIP um, kind of analyze the, the quality of the evidence and then, you know, present that to the clinician? Say, for example, if they had a, a question, I don't know, you know, um, what's the evidence behind using steroids in pharyngitis, for example? I mean, how, how would TRIP then look at that and present that to the clinician? Well, our search algorithm is, is quite simple. We use three elements. We use a text relevancy score, which is fairly standard. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then we use a date, because obviously in in medicine and health, more recent research is typically better than than older research. But also the the quality element is we rank all the publishers we include in the site Mm -hmm. uh, on the robustness of their methodology. So things like NICE, Cochrane will score highly. Uh, Peer-reviewed journals will get a middling score. And then some e-textbooks, which we include for because they are they can be useful, uh, will score quite lowly. And then we put those all together. And so typically, what you'll find is the weighting put the high quality stuff near the top, mm-hmm. and the other stuff just naturally filters down a bit low down the results. Mm-hmm. I guess um, it sounds like you've got a lot of different resources there. I mean, how did you, you know, I guess in a sense get access to them? You know, what kind of um, um, tools did you kind of use i guess to, to understand that a bit clearer oh well i suppose it's a difficult question when we started trip mm-hmm. we just used to use uh sort of secondary evidence so cochrane sign mm-hmm. prodigy as it was known then. and i think when we launched we were we were mentioned in a magazine now long gone called bandolier and i think they their, their report was said we had 2200 links mm-hmm. and it, it what we found in answering clinical questions, because TRIP came about because we, I ran a, a Q&A service for GPs. They used to be able to send the questions and I used to answer it. Okay. And I just created TRIP to make it easier for my day job. Mm-hmm. But what we found quite, quite quickly was that just using secondary sources of evidence, so your guidelines, your systematic views, would only answer about 20, 25% of the uh, questions that GPs had. Mm-hmm. And so we had a choice. Do we just want to stick to secondary evidence or do we want to be more useful? Mm-hmm. And usefulness one. So we started adding peer-reviewed journal articles. Now, each of these different types of contents create their own problems. Uh, but thankfully, we, we, we do grab a lot of articles from, from PubMed. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very open resource but they have a great API called eUtilities, okay. and that allows us to automatically grab their content. Okay. Because we've been around for a long time, other sources will want to have their content in Trip, and so they send us a content in a format that's easily digestible mm-hmm. for our system. And then the last way is every month I still do it. I've been doing it since uh, since we started Trip, sort of over 20 years ago now. I will go and manually look through a probably 200 sites to see what's new mm-hmm. uh, from last month. And I will grab that manually and then I'll upload it as a CSV file into trip and we index it and that's how we do it. Wow. That sounds like a huge amount of work. No, it is. 
it is a large amount of work, but it's built into our schedule. And over the years, you pick up techniques on how to grab web pages and links and stuff. So it's, it's when it comes up, I think, you know, I always, I never look forward to it, but it's never as bad as I think it'll be. Mm-hmm. Okay. You mentioned um, that Trip kind of, uh, well, Trip database kind of started as an extension of a, an earlier project. So, so why don't you tell us about um, the initial journey you had with the Trip as a whole? I'd be quite keen to hear that. Yeah. Well, I started off in Gwent Health Authority, and uh, my remit was to help the the GPs be more clinically effective. I think there was a phrase in those days. Mm-hmm. And at the time, the prevailing view was we must train. GPs to search the evidence themselves and to critically appraise the evidence. I went and spoke to about 200 of the 350 GPs in Gwent Mm -hmm. in the first six months of starting there. None of them wanted searching skills. None of them wanted critical appraisal skills. But what they did want was answers to their questions. Okay. And so I took that on board and we offered a a Q&A service. They simply emailed or actually it's more likely fax in those days or telephone yeah. or post in their question. And then I would go away. And at the time I'd, I'd go to Cochrane separately. I'd go to science separately. Mm-hmm. I'd go to all these different sites separately and it just seemed very inefficient. And so what I did, I started, I created, I created a spreadsheet of all the links to all these sites. Okay. And then if we had a question on heart failure, I would use a find function in Excel and, uh, Oh yeah, there's a sign guideline on it. I'll 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 paste the URL into uh, into Internet Explorer mm-hmm. and uh, see if it answers a question. And it, that speeded things up. And I just happened to bump into someone over, over the the corridor for where I was working, and he said he could put it on the internet. I put it on the internet, bandolier, find it, mm-hmm. like it, and it was just taken off from there. Wow. Okay. And um, I, I mean. That sounds like obviously a long journey. I mean, how long has, has that kind of process taken to go from where you were to, I guess, where you are now with Trip Database? Well, it's 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 one of these things. I'm never sure exactly when Trip went live because at the time it was just a, a sort of a little experiment myself. It's about twenty years. Okay, so twenty years, I guess, in the tech world is a lifetime if not um longer than that i mean how has the the change in the technology i mean obviously within that time you would have had the advent of the internet email and obviously now social media come into play with that how how has that changed the way that you know you use trip and you know all the other kind of resources and stuff well i think there's been a few themes i guess one of which is great to see because trip hasn't got a great deal of money we're not well resourced okay uh, but what we what we like to do is we like to see these other companies and see what they're doing so when google do things you know is there a way we can do it cheaply and can we copy it if we value it as a, as a, as a tool and so it's great to learn from these these other companies mm-hmm. but i think the other thing that that that's happened is as these new techniques come come online and my experience i guess grows i get i get myself more demanding and so it's a more confident to think actually we can do this better than other people mm-hmm. and i think because we've got this background in in answering real clinical questions you know we can th- we can better understand 
the problems that say GPs have in, in getting answers. And so this all comes together and it, you know, I still love doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it's, I find it, you know, we get, we get searched tens of millions of times a mm-hmm. year and you know, that, that, that gives me some degree of joy in a way, but I, I just, it's a real tough nut to crack, you know, GPs with questions, often they'll reduce the question, the, the, the search terms to two, they're, they're, sorry, they'll reduce their clinical question to two or three search terms. Mm-hmm. We've got to try and make sense of that and give them good results. Mm-hmm. And that is, a, no one solved that, you know, we're doing our bit yep. and it's an exciting, to me, it excites me as a space to explore. Mm-hmm. And because we've been around for so long, people know we're not a big corporate. I think we're, we're seen as a trusted, well-loved brand. Mm-hmm. And so we, we, we had lots of partnerships with academia. And again, they bring things into TRIP, which help make it better. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, one of the newer technologies, obviously, many people talk about, particularly in the healthcare setting, is things like artificial intelligence and how that works with not only clinical systems, but, you know, patient flow and all that kind of stuff. D- do you see AI having a role in the way that TRIP develops and moves forward? Yeah, I actually get, we're doing a fair bit of stuff using machine learning. And I'm not sure which is, is AI a a form of machine learning or is it the other way around? But uh, I I get, I still don't know the strict definitions. But yeah, we've been, we just come off the back of a Horizon 2020 grant. And a big component of that was using machine learning uh, to try and understand, allow machines to understand or the computer to understand what articles are about. And it stems from this this notion that if a GP was to search for acne and minocycline, mm-hmm. we know minocycline is a drug. We know acne is a condition. Mm-hmm. So we can infer that the question is, is minocycline useful in the treatment of acne? Mm-hmm. Now, what we need to do then, ideally, is say, what's all the evidence in TRIP that helps answer that question? And a lot of that is, it can be quite complex because it might be, um, minocycline and lasers in the treatment of, of acne. Now, we don't want that because the, the question is specifically about minocycline. So you need to use very powerful techniques to try and filter out uh, false positives. And, you know, a lot of that can be supplemented by machine learning. You know, so that's that's one of the main areas we're working on. And we'll have a new product out, uh, hopefully, in three months. Uh, it's beta testing at the moment, which is effectively tries to review every single randomized controlled trial and systematic review based on uh, the disease and the intervention. Uh, we're quite excited about that. I'm, it's just gone to beta testing. I'm nervous mm-hmm. as anything because I know the data quality isn't quite there. We keep re-indexing, mm-hmm. but we're getting there. And you know that's all thanks to machine learning, or a lot of it is down to machine learning. Okay. Wow. I mean, that sounds like a really interesting prospect. In terms of, I guess, then it sounds like you've had a lot of experience with obviously using technology within the health environment and and obviously developing what I still maintain is a really useful um, product, not just for, you know, the academic kind of like GPs, but actually the the day-to-day jobbing GP to find out evidence for clinical questions that they may have. I mean, any hints and tips you can give to our listeners, you know, in terms of if they wanted to kind of look into ventures of their own, you know, using health tech and that kind of stuff. I mean, it sounds like you've got great experience there. Uh, for me, I've kept it going for this long because I am passionate about it. I love it. Uh, and I think that carries you an awful long way. 
So I think if you if you if you're enthusiastic about it, uh, that that's got to be a start. Uh, you know, you can go. You can. It's very easy to be seduced by the shiny, shiny new technologies and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can be. You know, you might be seduced by saying, "Oh, I can raise a million pounds." You know, in venture capital and stuff like that. I mm-hmm. think that you know they can help you along the way, but if you don't love the product, it's it's going to be a slog. So I think if you find something that you you like, and uh, I th- I just think that's 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 got to be at the core. It is for me. I'm sure there are other people who 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 just do it for the money, but I think mm-hmm. that, that that makes it harder because you've got to get up every day. You've got to do it, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, perhaps other. I guess people are motivated by money, but for me, it's it's. It's having that passion to make you want to wake when you wake up in the morning, make you want to do a better product, mm-hmm. make you explore the problems, which otherwise you just say, oh, no, I can't be bothered. And the day I say I can't be bothered is the day I may as well give it up. Fair enough. I think that's the case for many of our, our listeners in terms of the work that they do. And, and I think you know that, that definitely speaks to many of them. You mentioned, obviously, having all these passion projects and that kind of stuff. I know trip database is obviously your main venture and stuff. I mean, have there been other kind of things that you've developed along the way? Yes. And my favorite one ever, which is a complete failure was something called tilt. Okay. Uh, it was, I still think it's a genius idea, but I think we implement it badly. Mm-hmm. Uh, tilt stood for today. I learned that. Okay. Uh, the idea was that, you know, I know when you read a, a, a a clinical article, something in the BMJ say, mm-hmm. there's probably, most people can reduce it down to one or two sentences of what they learnt. Mm-hmm. And it just seemed to me, you reduce eight sides of A4 down to a couple of sentences, that's that's gold dust, that's really important. So what was the learning an individual took away from reading something or, or going to a lecture? Mm-hmm. And so the idea was, can we help people capture that information? And we did it properly. Normally on trip, we sort of blag it a bit. Mm-hmm. But with this, we had a, a user group and it it worked really well. We piloted it and it worked really well. And as soon as it went off pilot, it just fell by the wayside. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was it was really <laughs> disappointing. But again, it was a great learning experience. You know, we've, we've, we've analyzed why it, it, it didn't work mm-hmm. and it... it it spurs you on, and uh, I'm smiling about it now. But at the time, it was uh, a lot of money which we didn't really have. Okay, uh, but I still think it's a genius idea, and we may reintroduce it back in into trip. I think the biggest problem was we had it as a separate site, okay, which is nuts. We've got lots of traffic on trip. Why not integrate it into trip? And I think that was a challenge we had. So one day it might it might uh, turn up again. Wow. I mean, I guess with my kind of like plant uh, kind of personality that I have, uh, I mean, like you said, I, I definitely, if you, it sounds like what you had is an excellent product, particularly for the appraisal and revalidation cycle. That obviously, many clinicians have to go through and stuff, and it, it could potentially be a really simple and quick way of capturing that, that those reflections. And uh, obviously, we are now are in the world of social media. I mean, potentially sharing those kind of reflections rapidly within your own networks or within, you know, if it integrated with the portfolios and stuff, it, that would be the, the, I guess, in my head, the, the ultimate way of doing that for the individual clinician. So, yeah, I, I think you're right. You know, if that was integrated with the trip database where you've got the traffic and the, the people searching for them, you know, once they've done their search terms, then 
a quick little piece of software around it that allows them to share that information rapidly and quickly. Wow, I think that'd be awesome. Oh, I, have, I thank you for that. You've got me enthusiastic now. We'll, we'll have to have a, a side conversation another day and try and figure out how it might work because ultimately the, the tech behind it's not particularly mm-hmm. complex. It could just be a drop-down text box, for instance. Mm-hmm. You know, type it in and there it's saved into your profile. So it could be really simple, but it, it needs thought because I had my fingers burnt before, but it, the fact that you're enthusiastic means it's, it's uh, you know, that's at least two of us. So that's a good start. Definitely. Well, I think, you know, one of the things we often hear from, from um, my peers and stuff is, you know, time is the key thing. So anything that makes the, the job quick, simple, effective is always a plus. And, you know, anything, you know, it's the general kind of principle with, with the internet. The least clicks you have to do to achieve something, the better or more likely uptake you've got with it. So, and that's one of the principles, in, you know, we've used with the EGP learning website is, you know, trying to make sure that you get to the information as quick as you can. And I think that's where TRIP really um, excels itself in the clinical context, because like you said, it presents high quality information on a simple, quick basis that again it is ranked quite easily and effectively for people to see so you know combining that with the appraisal revalidation cycle that we all have to engage with i mean that that would just be awesome yeah. well I, I as i say I'm, I'm i'm you've reinvigorated my interest and and uh, i i think we could do something in that area then that'd be great um you heard it here first yeah, definitely. Um, one, I guess one of the other things then is, you know, GPs currently are generally, you know, very, very busy individuals. I mean, we are always constantly hearing about the workload pressures that many are facing and, you know, demand and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I mean, with particularly, you know, information searching and that kind of stuff, if, if you had the carte blanche to change the way that things kind of worked and run, but keep it slightly realistic as well. What, what would you what, what would you see as being um, you know the fix to how things are working in terms of you know, information discovery and that kind of stuff at the moment? Ah, oh, yeah, that's a fun question. That's a really unfair question. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I I don't claim to have anything particularly profound in this. You know, my my interest in this is answering clinical questions, and I think a lot of it's got to come down to this notion of, you know, again, in the EBM world, it's about doing the right things right at the first opportunity. Mm-hmm. So you don't, the patients don't keep coming back. And I think part of that is, you know, making it as easy as possible to get answers to the clinical questions. So if there is an uncertainty in, in the GP's mind, uh, you know, how can we ensure that, how can we maximize the chances that the, the treatment they give to the patient mm-hmm. uh, has the best chance of, of, of ensuring the patient gets better and therefore doesn't keep coming back. And similarly for sort of, you know, chronic conditions, how can they best be managed using the evidence mm-hmm. to ensure that, that they stop coming back for, you know, I know a lot of them have to keep coming back, but it's at what regularity and how frequently, you know, the, the better managed patients that, I guess as GPs, you prefer to have a, a better managed patient than the one that's less well managed because it reduces your workload. Mm-hmm. So nothing hugely profound there and probably not a great answer, but... Uh, no, I think it's still, you know, an answer that spoke to the heart and definitely had some ideas in there. So I guess 
the next question I've got for you is what's next for, you know, trip and, and for yourself really? Cause it sounds like you've got some cool things coming, but you know, where, where's the, the next couple of years going to take us with trip? Well, I feel that we're for the first time in 20 years, we are financially stable. It's always been bigger than borrow. And I think that's a great platform for us to build on. Mm-hmm. And you know, with things like machine learning coming online, you know, I've got a great, you know, bunch of people who I can lean on to help me with machine learning. I think that's going to help us a great deal. Understand the the, the vast amount of data we have within Trip, be it with, within the index of the, the contents we have, but also how people use Trip. Mm-hmm. You know, and we're doing a lot of stuff of trying to understand the data that the the trails that users leave when they. Uh, encounter trip when they search what they search for what they click on that's all valuable data you know people like tesco and facebook are mining this data to make their platforms more useful mm-hmm. you know trip we're just starting there and i think there's an awful lot we can do there mm-hmm. uh, so that, that's i think that's going to be the main focus but and also there's a continual desire to improve the algorithm improve the quality of results because there's lots of things which really annoy users like dead links you know, no one wants to go to a dead link. We battle with that. Mm-hmm. And so there's things we can do there. Very unsexy, but very important. So it's trying, you know, how can we ensure we boost the quality of, of trip everywhere, but also embrace all these sort of new, very exciting uh, tools like machine learning? Mm-hmm. Well, we've had some really cool discussions there, John. And I'd like to thank you for joining us and giving us your time to speak about, as I said, and I'm going to keep saying this, what I feel to be one of the, the most um, useful academic resources around for the, the, the working GP, because I think it gives them that opportunity to find information quickly, effectively, and of high quality. And uh, what I'm hearing from yourself clearly is that that want and that desire to maintain you know, what is a really useful resource really and i'd like to personally thank you for developing it and maintaining it because often you know the really good things that we see they don't tend to stick around for very long unfortunately yeah no it's it's been a pleasure and i I, thanks for the opportunity it's been been a challenging uh discussion but i enjoyed it thank you hopefully not too hard ah no not compared to machine learning that's for sure Uh, definitely Well, thank you again, John, and uh, thank you for sparing your time. And I'd like to say thank you to our listeners as well for uh, listening in. I hope we'll get a chance to speak to you again soon and see where Trip takes us in the future. We hope you enjoyed our show today. As mentioned earlier, if you're interested in signing up for Trip Database, please contact John at john.brassy at tripdatabase.com and he'll be able to give you free access to the Trip Database system. In addition, don't forget to subscribe to our EGP Learning Pod Blast either on iTunes, Podbean, or YouTube. And don't forget to check the show notes for your free certificate of engagement for your appraisal. As always, this is Dr. Saying Gandhi, Dr. Gandalf, on Twitter, at DrGandalf52. Comment, share, and keep EGP learning. See you later. Bye.